Greetings, patriots, friends, sweet brethren of the Lord. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly great joy. Today, I want to talk about the gift of blood. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, to shed his blood on Calvary, that um, we would have eternal redemption. Thank you, Father that it was in your heart to reconcile mankind back to the Father. So what a precious gift you have given us. And for that, we are thankful in Jesus name. Amen. Every year, the Red Cross comes to our area and probably to somewhere near you as well to hold a blood drive. I don't know if you've ever had the experience of donating blood, but it is a worthwhile endeavor, especially if you're a healthy individual. So many people rely on that blood. For instance, people with sickle cell anemia require lots of blood transfusions. You see, their body makes red blood cells that are sickled. They're shaped somewhat like the letter C, and therefore, they cannot carry the necessary amount of oxygen that a normal red blood cell would carry. So donating blood is something you, you should consider when the Red Cross or the blood bank is in your area. They call it the gift of life. I wonder where they got that idea. Well, it's from the Bible. Leviticus 17.11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And verse 14 goes on to say, For it is the life of all flesh. Its blood sustains its life. Blood is the substance that sustains life and interestingly is made in the bone marrow. There are red blood cells that carry oxygen to every organ and all of our tissues. There are white blood cells that fight off infections and viruses. And there are killer T cells and helper T cells that are part of the white blood cell network that fight only one type of virus. Now T cells are like, they're like the special forces unit that fights only one kind of virus that might be attacking your body. The killer T cells do the work of destroying the infected cells and the helper T cells coordinate the attack. And lastly, the bone marrow makes platelets, which are responsible for clotting, clotting our blood. Whenever we have a bleeding episode, whether it's from a small cut on our arm, to a hemorrhagic bleed of the brain. Now, I have given you, obviously, the simplified version of some uh, some of the functions of the major cells produced by our bone marrow. But there are many more kinds of cells produced and very complex mechanisms that occur on a moment-to-moment basis in our bodies. What an incredibly unique force within our body called blood. 
When the Bible says in Psalm 139 that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, we take for granted the intricate workings and sophisticated mechanisms of the human body. Everyone, I think, just my personal opinion, should be required to take an anatomy and physiology class sometime in school to appreciate the great handiwork of God. Our blood is a highly specialized fluid, and without it, we have no life. It's not by accident that blood is a central theme of the Bible. Adam and Eve had to be covered by blood, so animal skins were applied to them in order for their sin to be atoned for. Blood then becomes the most valuable component of the sacrificial system of Israel. The blood is applied to the mercy seat by the high priest to atone for the sins of the nation of Israel because it was all about the giving of a life to cover their transgressions. In their case, it was the blood of bulls and goats. The entire sacrificial system was centered on the blood. The blood was sprinkled on the mercy seat in the most holy place by the high priest. And that is a wonderful picture of Jesus, who became our mercy seat and had to shed his blood that enabled reconciliation of the Father to the whole of mankind. If you think about think about it for a moment, Jesus could have died on the cross without shedding any blood. I mean, he could have just died from asphyxiation. Many people who hung on a cross died in that fashion. But you see, the way he died, it was purposeful. First, the crown of thorns crushed into his skull. Then, the scourging with the whip on his back, shards of glass and bone tearing and shearing the skin on his back. The nails in his feet and hands. And lastly, the sword that was pierced in his side. Yes, it was purposeful. And it was necessary because the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Hebrews 9:22. And by the way, all the scriptures I'm sharing with you today are from the New King James Version. So yes, it was it was purposeful to have him bleed from so many different areas of his body. There had to be that shedding of blood and it had to be gruesome and it had to be painful. If you have ever had any kind of cut to your head, you realize how painful that is. Those nerve endings are so superficial, so close to the surface of our skin. 
Imagine having sharp thorns jabbed into your scalp. How painful that would be. And then add on top of that the scourging of his back. And then those big nails being pounded through his feet and hands. You know, I think it's really not humanly possible to have tolerated that much pain. But yes, it was purposeful because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Hebrews 9, 11 through 14 says, but Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. You see, those scriptures make it clear that it wasn't the blood of bulls and goats that had any power to save mankind. It wasn't their blood. It was the blood of Jesus that had the power that could sanctify us and purify our flesh. No, it was nothing more than the very precious blood of Christ who offered himself without blemish, without spot to God. And because of that, we're able to cleanse our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. What a precious gift, this blood of Jesus. Continuing in Hebrews 9, 24 through 26, it says, For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us, not that he should offer himself often as the high priests enter the most holy place every year with the blood of another. He then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, but now once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. By the sacrifice of 
himself. That's the gift of the blood of Jesus. And we receive eternal redemption because of his sacrifice. Hallelujah. And so, instead of the high priest continuing to go year after year after year to the mercy seat to sprinkle the blood of bulls and goats, know this Jesus came and ended that whole system. He was the mercy seat, and it was his blood, one time, one sacrifice for all that put away sin. And for that, we must be eternally grateful. So does the gift of Jesus' blood provide anything else beside eternal redemption? Oh, you bet it does. We read in Colossians 1.14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So our sins are blotted out. Hebrews 8.12 reads, Jesus said, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Psalm 103.12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Now, I think it's interesting that that somehow there is a revelation in the Old Covenant. Jesus hasn't died on the cross yet. And yet, David says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. You see the revelation that he had? Therefore, the gift of blood removes our sins, and we have forgiveness of all those misdeeds we have done. In Daniel 9, verse 9, it says, To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. Psalm 130, verses 3 through 4 says, If you, Lord, should mark iniquities or take note of our iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. Now, iniquities is, an, is what that means is it's an evil bent within human beings. It's, it's, a, it's having a crooked way, a bent toward a specific sin, such as lust. Some people have a bent toward sexual perversion, and it comes down through that generational line. So we see even in the Old Covenant that Jesus forgives sins. But now, after the shedding of his blood, those sins are absolutely 
removed. Ephesians 1.7 says this. It says, in him, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. So we see as a gift of his grace toward us, we have forgiveness of sins through that blood. That precious gift of blood, the power to forgive. And we then have the power to forgive those who sin against us because of this gift of blood. You see it? See, we get forgiveness of sins because of the power of Jesus' blood. And that same blood of Jesus gives us the power to forgive those who sin against us. Otherwise, we couldn't and we wouldn't. We would hold on to that unforgiveness probably to our death had we not received the power of the blood of Jesus to forgive others who have hurt and wounded us. There is power in this precious gift. And the last verse pertaining to all of this is my favorite, and it is from Revelation 1, 5. And it reads, To him, Jesus Christ, who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, loved us and washed us from our own sins in his own blood. It was because of Jesus' great love for us, for all mankind, that he shed his blood on the cross. Doesn't it make you wonder why preachers don't preach about the blood anymore and hymnals no longer have songs about the blood of Jesus? Well, there is a simple reason. Satan hates the blood of Jesus and has been successful in diluting its importance in the pulpit. Satan wants a powerless church, and he has succeeded in America. In a couple of weeks, I'm going to talk to you about Paul's thorn in the flesh. Watch out, because I'm going to step on a lot of toes. But really, truly, I'm tired of hearing a weak and incorrect interpretation of that scripture, and it just seems to be uh, people keep bringing that scripture up. So I just wanted to let you know ahead of time, I'm going to be addressing that thorn in the flesh, and you're going to understand like you've never understood before. Anyway, that's part, that actually, that whole issue about the thorn in the flesh is actually part of why we have powerless churches in America with no anointing. And when you have preachers who keep teaching that over and over and then people believe it, it you cannot walk in anointing or power. So preachers out there, look, we need to preach the gospel. And the gospel is all about the blood of Jesus. What else does the gift of Jesus' blood provide for us? Is it just forgiveness? No. Justification. You know, just as if 
we've never sinned. It just means we are pronounced legally righteous. It's a legal term. And Jesus is the just judge, and he pronounces us legally righteous when we become born again. Romans 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's by faith that we are made righteous. Remember, it's not by your good works. Not by a long shot. Romans 3, 4 says, We are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Romans 5, 9 reads, Much more than, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. So you see, it's by the blood of Jesus that we have justification. It's by the blood of Jesus that we are legally righteous, that we can stand before him, our sins blotted out, he sees them no more because we're covered by the blood and we've been made righteous in his sight. Now, here's a great story that illustrates the concept of justification. And this is taken from Tommy Coombs' book called This Blood's For You. Years ago, a man in England put his Rolls Royce on a ferry and went across to France on a holiday. While he was driving on the continent, a malfunction happened to the motor of the car. So he sent an urgent wire message back to the car company, saying, What do you suggest I do? The wire came back. Stay right where you are, was the reply. Help is on the way. The Rolls-Royce company immediately flew a mechanic over who fixed the problem and the repairman returned to Great Britain. As you can imagine, the car owner was wondering what kind of bill he would receive on his return home. But there was no invoice awaiting him. So he wrote the company and he asked, how much do I owe? He received a letter back that simply read, Dear Sir, there is no record anywhere in our files that anything ever went wrong with a Rolls-Royce. That is justification. Do you see it? From heaven's perspective, God views us through the sacrifice of his Son, and he sees us, the Christian, without sin. Yes, we were born in sin, but the justice for our sin fell on Jesus. Not on you, not on me. We receive mercy through the blood shed by Jesus on the cross. So that gift, the gift of blood, there is no greater gift for you and I, except when Jesus obviously was sent to the earth, but the great gift of Jesus being sent 
was that he would shed his blood for the remission of our sins. And through that blood, we would have forgiveness of sins. We would have justification. We would be made legally righteous. And there are many, many, many other things that are um, that the blood of Jesus provides for us that I don't have time to go into today. But as we know, that blood preserves us, that blood um, heals us, that blood cleanses us. And it is the precious blood of Jesus. And it is a beautiful gift. And for that, we owe him our life. I'd like you to enjoy this song by Charity Gale called Nothing But the Blood. precious blood of Jesus. Well, this is Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries. You can go to www.pureheart.today and listen to this podcast again. I really appreciate your prayers. 
your giving, and I hope that you will financially support this ministry by writing me at Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. Um, I really uh, could use your financial help, so please pray about that, and if you uh, feel led, write me at Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. Well, I look forward to being with you again next week. This is Don Noble saying, Shalom, Shalom. Peace be unto you.